welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, October the 20th, 2021, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we're joined by dear friends, Robert and Kim Luttrell. Uh, Robert and Kim have been longtime friends, both of the ministry as well as of mine. And Robert actually served on the board uh, almost 18 and a half years ago when they interviewed and hired me to come on with Lifeline Children's Services. Uh, Robert and Kim also are adoptive parents. They have gone through the journey of adoption three times and are just dear, dear people, followers of Christ. Uh, their, their story certainly has ups and downs, but you can see, I know today, the faithfulness of the Father all through their story. And so as we've just been looking at different stories throughout the years, stories of impact for the 40 years of ministry for Lifeline, we thought it would be a great thing to bring on Robert and Kim Luttrell. And even one of the first promotional videos that Lifeline had, Robert and Kim were able to tell their story and their love and their devotion to continue to pray for and minister to uh, the women who gave birth to their children. So before we hear from Robert and Kim and before we bring on Dr. Rick, I want to remind you about our parent coaching program. Parent coaching is a service that's available for any parent who needs additional insight into their child's behavior. It's tailored to each family and each child. These are 45 to 60 minute sessions filled with proven tools and techniques to use in building additional strengths in parenting. And so certainly for for many, we know that you've hit this journey and you don't even know if the issues that you're facing are because of adoption or if they're because of uh, your child's uh, trauma that they may have experienced. You just have questions and you need to know how to go forward. Parent coaching could be for you. Uh, see our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching for more information and to be connected with a Lifeline staff member. Well, Dr. Rick, grateful to have the lecturers on, and I know that uh, you have not known them nearly as long as I have, but you've had the opportunity to meet both Robert and Kim and uh, what a dear family and a, and a great story. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it speaks a lot that when we were sitting down to, to think about these stories and think about the 40 years of lifeline that as we started brainstorming names and thinking about families that we would love to, to be able to have on and to share their story, um, Robert and Kim were at the top of the list and, and really, you know, one of the first families that we, that we wrote down on the notepad to say, Hey, let's, let's contact them and see if we can, can work out to do this. And um, just, you know, from my time coming on uh, to lifeline, you know, almost a decade ago now, Robert was on the board. And so having the opportunity to be able to journey with him in that way and and to get to know them and just to learn more of their story. Um, I think it's, you know, this is, uh, it, it's a great story of God's faithfulness and it continues to be a story of God's faithfulness in their family. And so I just appreciate um, you guys being here today. And so Kim, Robert, thank you for joining us. And, uh, and we're going to dive in and, and I think we're, you know, let's start at the beginning of the story. Right. Um, and, and I, I know for, for us, for, for Denise and me, and for a lot of us that have, you know, that have stepped into 
uh, ministry through adoption, the journey that brought us there was a was a journey of infertility, and and so really kind of questioning how we were going to build our family and what God was going to do. Um, and and so Kim, I'd love for you just to to talk a little bit about how how you guys got to the place of uh, a decision to adopt and how the Lord led you there and kind of the circumstances that you walk through and, and, and maybe, because I think there are probably people that are out there listening to us today that are walking through those same things. And so I think here in the, here in the story of what the God, what God did in your lives uh, is, is a, would be a great way for us to start. Well, first, thanks for, um, for having us today. Uh, we are um, just feel so honored and blessed to, to be, a part of, of this podcast this morning, but um, I wanted to kind of tell briefly, um, I found out when I was 17 years old that um, I had a birth defect and would not be able to have children. So I knew, you know, very early, I didn't have to go through infertility treatments and things like that. I knew that that would be our option. And um, when um, I remember sitting in the doctor's office that day with my mom and thinking, well, I guess what could the worst news be? And um, we thought, well, I guess maybe the worst news was I couldn't have children. And when the doctor came in, he said, well, I've got um, good news and bad news. And and he said, well, the good news is you you don't have cancer. And so I was like, I didn't even know that was on the radar. So I never have really viewed um not being able to have children is bad news. I mean, I just feel like, you know, that's, that's the best case scenario for me. And um, not long after that happened, there was a verse that um, in the Bible that um, brought me a lot of comfort. And I wanted to share that today is um, Psalm 139 and 13 and four, <clears throat> for you formed my inner, inner word parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. And in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me when yet as there was not one of them. So I felt like, you know, God made me this way. So um, there was a purpose in that. So when Robert and I were dating, um, when we, our relationship became serious, I remember going to him and saying, hey, I've got to tell you something. Um, and his reaction was so precious. He said, you know, Kim, I love you. Not, not because you can have children. I love you. And we, we can, we'll have a family and God will provide that way. And so, um, not long after we got married, we met with, um, Bill Hay, who was the senior pastor at Covenant Presbyterian here in Birmingham. And, um, he said, well, you need to contact Lifeline Children's Services. Um, they're a Christian organization. And so that began our journey. Um, we contacted them um, in, I believe it was October of 92 or three. Um, it's been a long time ago now, but, um, but anyway, we contacted them and began the process of adoption at that point. That's yeah. Awesome. And I know through that process, uh, you guys, as we said, even in the opening, You've brought home three boys and, and during a long span of time, even working back and forth. Um, Robert, I, I'd love to just hear, like, as you got engaged and as you br started adopting these boys, 
you also started to lean in and serve on the board. Uh, what did you feel like, even I guess at the very beginning, when when Bill Hay tells you guys to look at Lifeline, <laughs> then even even as you got involved, what did you feel like set Lifeline apart as not just a, a ministry that you wanted to help help you grow your family, but one that you wanted to give back to and serve? Well, I will say, uh, when I first thought of adoption, it was more, uh, I want to have a family more for me. But as I got into it, I realized that, uh, you know, these, these children who need a home and a stable home, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more for them than for us. Um, we get the blessing of it. But Lifeline was, uh, as Bill Hay had told us, from the start, a Christian organization. Um, and then as, as we got into uh, knowing Lifeline more and the heart for not only the children, but the birth mothers, the uh, even down the road, the orphans that... Uh, has become such a ministry now, but it's just a picture of uh, Christ and how he loves us, how he adopts us, how he takes care of us, how as a family we are, um, you know, all together trying to not only care for uh, the children, but the birth mothers, the counseling down the road, the uh, orphans who are not able to be adopted. Um, so it's just a, you know, it, it's not just a business as uh, I guess you see some adoption agencies. This is more of a uh, ministry that is carrying out uh, Christ directives. Amen. Well, as y'all both alluded to, and, and I have as well, you, know, you you guys were able to bring Bo and then John and then Thomas as a caboose into your family. Would love just to hear a little bit about those stories of adoption and how the Lord worked to bring these boys into your home. Well, I, with Bella, I feel like we were able to experience what I kind of call it is three different types of adoptions. Um, with Bo, it was a closed adoption, and he was um, our first. And um, back in 96, um, you didn't meet the birth mother. Um, she chose you from a profile. There was a two-week waiting period before you even got to meet the child. And so, um, you know, that was the experience with Bo. Um, we got a phone call in April of 96, and he was a preemie. And... Um, in the hospital. And so we were able to, um, to go there to meet him for the very first time. And in God's sweet um, timing, he was actually, had, because he was preemie, he had a feeding tube put in. And when we got there, they had just taken the feeding tube out and were getting ready to give him his first bottle. And they were like, oh, here you are, you're his mom, you give him his first bottle. So, I, you know, God was so sweet to allow me to have that opportunity to do that. 
Um, so anyway, so with Bo, it was, um, it was a quite a long time to wait. Um, it really taught us what it meant to trust in the Lord and to wait on his timing. Um, I used to think that I could, if I just did one more thing or what made one more phone call or something that, that I might could make something happen, but until it's God's timing and God's perfect child for you, it, it won't happen until it's the right timing. And that's the way it was with, with Bo. Um, with John, our second child, um, it was an, right at the time of open adoptions. We actually met his birth mother about a month before he was born. Um, it was a very sweet opportunity. Um, we got to, to see her, and I'll never forget, um, you know, they, um, they said, what questions do you have for Kim and Robert? And she, she looked at us so sweetly and said, I don't have a question. I just wanted to see them face to face. And I just, I mean, just really, I mean, I think about that often thinking, you know, here she was giving me the biggest blessing to be able to raise this son. And she just wanted to see me face to face. And um, I thought that was, um, just really um, an important factor there. And so we were able to bring John home when he was two days old. And um, he was um, just a healthy little boy and just has just been the biggest blessing. And um, he, uh, we did um, at that time send letters for a year of updates for the first year of his life. And so um, that was real sweet. And then with Thomas, his adoption was um, six and a half years after John was born. And we tell the story, too, of how um, every night when Robert would put the boys to bed, Bo and John, they would pray. And they always asked for, um, for a baby brother or sister. And as the years went by, um, I began to just think, you know, it's, um, this, we're, we've got these two healthy boys, things are good. You know, this must be all that God has planned for us. We want a big family, but this must be it. But the boys never stopped praying. And six and a half years later, um, we got a phone call one Saturday morning, a young lady, um, that was in labor and delivery and, um, was considering adoption. And so we immediately called Lifeline and said, help, what do we do? <laughs> And they came straight in and, and ministered to her and gave her her options and told her what, what, what she could choose or not choose. And she decided to choose adoption. And um, the next day, um, Thomas came home to our house. And so it was a, just a really sweet, um, sweet time as well. It was in December. And um, we always say that Thomas was our best Christmas present ever. So um, anyway, so we just feel like we've, we've experienced, you know, the, the closed adoption, the open adoption, and then what I would even consider almost like a some semi-private adoption where we brought him in, uh, brought Lifeline in. We weren't pursuing an active adoption, but this situation just fell into our laps and um, God wanted this little boy to come live in our home and be our son. Wow. What a great story. I it's acknowledged on here that I'm the crybaby. I'm the one that's over here wiping tears as you're telling your story. <laughs> Just, you know, but I, but I think there, there's, there's so much, um, you know, so much good and so much of a, of a sense of, you know, I keep saying 
faithfulness, just because I think there's so much of that wrapped up in your story of how God has ordered your steps along the way and, and, and really put you in the right place at the right time for, for the story that he was, you know, he was writing for your family. Um, Kim, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier in when, when you were talking about your adoptions, but um, adopting three boys over a fairly significant period of time, there's a lot of waiting in that too. And, and a lot of, a lot of just um, kind of, you know, feeling like you're kind of in the uncertainty and you're, you're just waiting. And, and I think there are, there are a lot of folks that listen to us that are in that place right now. They're, they're in the middle of their wait. And I just would wonder what wisdom that you guys would have for them about, about not only moving through the weight, but like, what would you encourage them to do in order to redeem the weight? Like, what are, what are the things that maybe God did in your life or did in your heart as you were waiting for your boys that he prepared you for, um, you know, what was, what was to come once they came home? I, I would say, uh, first of all, we were fortunate that we were in a, a church had friends came alongside us, prayed with us, knew our situation. We were uh, open about it, and they rallied around us as we waited, as other moms had children and knew that we were desiring uh, friends who would, would engage in that journey with us as uh, that was going on, uh, Kim often says that she, you know wanted to have children. Friends were having children, and as it turns out, that our two best friends uh, had their first sons within two weeks of our adopting Bo, and those three boys are friends today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. God's timing is perfect, um, and it is, it's always good to look back on it and see what he's done, but even through that, um, you know, from one to the other to, to things that we have encountered since then, having that, having that group of, uh, friends around you that'll rally with you and lifeline does the same thing. And that, that is a journey that they will uh, support you and pray for you and do what is necessary to help through the waiting process, through the adoption process. And then after. Well, and as we've alluded to, I, I know that, uh, that there have been, you know, bumps and trials along the way. Um, and, and you've had some struggles, but I'd love for you guys just to talk about how the Lord has provided for your family along the struggles that you have had. You know, adoption is beautiful, but it, it obviously starts with loss and 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 there are bumps and, and there are bruises along the way. Um, and I know in a lot of those ways, you're still in that journey, but what has the Lord been teaching you through this journey uh, of adoption as there have been some highs and some lows and some struggles. Well, I just think, um, when I think about that, um, when the struggles get hard, 
I have to go into the word and I have to go back to the truths that God says. Um, I would say that um, one of the verses that, um, that helped me during a recent bump that we were going through was um, in Deuteronomy 7, 9. He says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. And I think um, just remembering that, because it's some days are hard. Um, there's a lot of good days, but in the hard days, it's good to remember his faithfulness. And I also think that we have to kind of look back and see God's faithfulness, you know, how he, as Robert just said about how, you know, I prayed that, that I would have children the same time my friends have children. I prayed that if there was any way that I could have a child by the time I was 30, you know, and I, we adopted Bo two weeks before my 30th birthday. Um, you know, those reminders of that God cares about the small details and that it's not, um, he's just walking through it with us day by day and remembering his faithfulness, remembering his goodness. Um, you know, it's certainly been, you know, a lot of happiness and there's been a lot of tears, but I feel like when I look back and look and see um, what it's been like to raise these three boys, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it has developed my relationship with the Lord. It's developed our relationship together to the Lord. And um, he's just met us so faithfully in every step of the way. And um, that helps gets us through, through every situation, I believe. I think God confirming, um, you know, to us that um, we, it's up to him. You know, we pray that they will uh, live a godly life, that they will uh, follow Christ. And, you know, that's up to, that's up to Christ. We're to do our part, but their their eternity is not on us uh, and that that's freeing for us but uh, you know, it, it is a uh, it's a comfort to know that God's in control whether it's good times bad times what's the destiny whatever uh, and we rest in that that, that he, He's in control and he has a plan and it's a perfect plan, even if it doesn't look like it to us at times. And what a powerful thought, right? Like that we, sometimes we just like, we think we're so in control and we think we're, we're making so many, you know, decisions and, and realizing that we, you know, we really do live under the sovereignty of God and God has all of our days numbered and all this figured out. And, you know, I think one of the things for, that I think we've learned as a ministry over the years. And, and certainly, I mean, when, when you guys did your first adoption, um, there were a lot, there are a lot of things we know now that we didn't know then. Um, And, and things that things really that have shaped our ministry here at Lifeline and and the things that we do 
to to minister to families, you know, post adoption. Um, and one of those is that um, th- that there's no matter the circumstances with a you know with a stressful birth with the you know the the kind of the complications of bonding those kind of things there's trauma that's present in you know kind of in every adoption and that that that's that's just kind of a it for uh, for those of us that are adoptive families that's just kind of a reality that's just part of the that's part of the deal right um that there are there there are traumatic circumstances that that hover around that i'm i'm just curious um because you've you've parented through that and parented kids into adulthood and you're still parenting them in adulthood. Right. And, um, not, and, and not all the way through yet. <laughs> well, it's true. You're still there. You're, you're still, you're still, you're still riding the, you're still riding the wave. And, and, but there's, there's a sense in which um, that because that, you know, that kind of that thing of trauma is there. Um, like what, what advice would you give to parents who are experiencing those things, who are experiencing kind of those, those heart, those hurts and those kind of those deep traumatic things in the lives of their kids. Um, what, what advice would you give to them about, about parenting and, and loving their kids? First of all, I'd say, don't try to do it by yourself. Uh, share with your close friends and allow them to come alongside and um, not only share with you, but shepherd you. And, uh, you know, you can learn from each other, but uh, knowing that that we have, uh, you know, an an army with us is very comforting. Uh, And whether it's, sharing with Lifeline, whether it's sharing with close friends, or like I said, for us, it's um, a group that we know will support us and love us, whether our kids on track or not. Um, And know that there are a lot of people who have been through um, the trials and tribulations that anyone's going through at any time. And, uh, to gain that wisdom from others is very valuable. Well, I think you have to be vulnerable. You know, I think, and that, you know, and recognizing there's no shame, you know, um, God says there's no condemnation. (laughs) And I think we have to remind ourselves that and, and to know that there's going to be bumps, there's going to be troubles, but, but you're not alone. And when you are vulnerable, then you find out, oh, well, they're vul- they went through that experience too. And, and I feel like that's kind of where God's leading us right now is as we have gone through some trials, then now we can invest in those around us and share our story with them of maybe that it would be a hope for them, that it would encourage them, let them know that, um, that they're not alone. Because I feel like sometimes... Um, when we go through hard times, we feel very alone, feel very isolated. You know, I feel like, especially during this last pandemic, the pandemic that we've been going through, you know, I feel like it's really been isolating. And we need to remember that we're not an island. We need to encourage each other and and walk beside each other. And the more vulnerable and the more willing 
you're willing to discuss and talk, the more hope you you gain and see. And I think that's how you know God uses each of us to help each other um, is by by being open and sharing with each other. Yeah, what a what a solid word because I think so many times. Satan tries to deceive us away from God's grace, and it's either a pursuit of our own perfection or it's continually comparing ourselves to others, thinking that someone else has it all together. And um, I I even remember in our journey, you know, of of raising our kids and the decisions we've made in raising our kids, Ashley would come home and have read someone's blog and would be telling me how they had it all together. And, you know, how, how does everyone else have a so you know, much together and she just can't get it together. And it's that reminder that we don't, no one has it all together. No one's perfect. Um, everybody has their junk. We, we bring it and there it's, it's thrust upon us, but that's the beauty of God's grace is that when we realize that, that we have nothing to contribute, um, but, but the Lord comes back every time giving us his grace and showing us his goodness. And, and I know you guys have seen God's grace in your stories through the hard times, through the difficult times, through the joyful times. But one of the things, Kim, that always struck me uh, from the first time that I met you and then even hearing, I can even hear the refrain now in one of the first promotional videos that Lifeline did was you talking about daily praying for your boys' birth mothers um, and and how you would pray for those women and I have to believe that the Lord has one answered that prayer, even, even in the way he's helped you guys as your boys have grown, but how has that also ministered to and grown you closer to your boys as you're praying for these women that gave them birth? Well, I just, um, I feel like to have been able to have been chosen to, for these women to trust me, um, to be able to pray for them has been such an honor and a gift to be able to do. Um, I always pray that they would be, that they would know, would have a, just that unsettled, that, that assurance, excuse me for my words, but that assurance knowing that, <clears throat> that their children are loved and cared for and that, um, that they're being taught in the word. Um, and then with the boy, as far as the boys, I mean, I want them to know that, that their birth mothers chose life for them. You know, they, unfortunately, the world was telling them a lot of different options. And the fact that they chose the life was so important. And I think that they, you know, now that they're getting older, they see that. They see that um, a thankfulness that they've been given life and that it's not to be taken for granted and that um, that that, these women um, had, were faced with an extremely hard choice to make. And so praying for them to have a peace was really, um, I don't know, I just felt like that was just something I, I just didn't have any question. That's not what I had to do. I mean, it's not, I had to do it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to pray for them. I wanted them to have peace. I wanted them to know that, that, that they were honored and that I was, trying to honor them, um, not only by praying, but also, you know, telling my children about them, what little I knew, um, you know, I don't know a ton, but what little bit I did know, I would tell them so that they would have 
that information and to know that they were loved. So as, as adoptive parents, you know, I think sometimes we, we find ourselves in places where people that are considering adoption, you know, they'll seek us out and kind of want to want to talk and want to hear about our experiences. And, you know, as they're praying through and considering adoption, well, through the, through the, through the magic of technology um, in this podcast, you guys are having the opportunity to sit down with a lot of families that are, that are praying about and considering adoption. Um, if, if you were going to sit down with them and, you know, have a cup of coffee and talk with them and pray with them, what would, what would you point to? Um, and what, have, you know, like, what would you say to them about their considering adoption and, um, and, and, and how to, how to proceed um, with, knowing whether the Lord has called them to this or not. Small, I'd, uh, I tell them what we also tell the boys is that, uh, you know, what better picture of the gospel and what Christ has done for us than for us to adopt a child who needs a home. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's any clearer uh, you know, the, the question when <clears throat> I guess the very first thoughts of adoption, uh, coming from a family who didn't, didn't have experience in it was, will the child feel like mine will he be the same? There is absolutely none of that. Uh, when you see that child that you know that God has planned to be yours. Uh, that just doesn't ever enter your mind. And uh, they are, you know, fully ours in adoption. But uh, I think also the process has taught us that uh, really they're not ours, they're God's. Um, but uh, it's a very rewarding and uh, challenging, satisfying thing to be a parent and uh, to do it through adoption and know that 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 happened as Christ adopts us, Father adopts us. Uh, kind of a neat thing. Well, friends, so grateful for <clears throat> just the rich wisdom and experience and for sharing all of this with us. And uh, just just so grateful for your friendship and for your partnership and know that uh, we have been and will continue to pray for you and your family as a team. Uh, we love you guys and are grateful for just the way that the Lord has orchestrated the story. And I know all the way from Kim, at 17 years old, it's not the way you would have written the story, uh, but to see God's grace and God's hand and the way that he's gotten so much glory through the story is, is utterly amazing. And we're grateful for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We are just, we feel the same about Lifeline. We're very thankful for such an amazing organization and can't imagine doing life without y'all. So thank you. We'll continue to listen. As we finish up the year of 2021, it's hard to believe that this year is about to come to a close, but it is just two short months uh, from coming.
coming to the end of the calendar, but we will continue to bring stories like this to celebrate 40 years of ministry for Lifeline, but also to equip you and your family as you seek to defend the fatherless. Thanks for listening to The Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review The Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.